Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. 11 to 1 on LMFM. LMFM. The LMFM Vets and Their Pet Series is brought to you by Highfield Veterinary, Commons Road, Navin. Catering for all your pets and farm animal needs. For more information or to make an appointment, visit highfield.ie. We have a brand new series on LMFM's 11 to 1. It's in association with Highfield Veterinary Clinic, Commons Road, Navin, and it's called Vets and Their Pets, where we invite an expert vet from the clinic onto the show to discuss your pet and farm animal queries. And this week we're going to discuss canine arthritis management with expert vet Sarah Boland, who's on the line with me now. How are you doing, Sarah? Good morning, Sinead. I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Listen, it's great to have you on 11 to 1. And this is a really interesting topic that I'm sure I'm going to learn so much about. But firstly, how would we know if a dog has arthritis? Like, are there signs that we could be looking out for? Yes. So very often owners can miss the signs of arthritis. And it's not due to lack of a kind of paying attention to their pet. It's more so to do with the fact that the signs are often quite subtle until the disease is very advanced. So very often people will bring their pet in and say they might be getting slow when they're getting out of bed. You know, they could be slow to stand or reluctant to go on their walks or they could take a while to get going once they start their walk. It could be a case that, you know, they're really slow for the first few minutes and then they start to get going. Other things we see that are maybe more subtle are a reluctance to go up or downstairs, depending on what joints are affected. Some pets will lick at painful joints or they can actually become a little bit cross. You can get behavioural changes as well. Um, I also had a pet once that had quite bad neck arthritis and he went off his food because he struggled to bend down to his oh, food bowl. It was causing pain. So they can come in, like the symptoms come in all shapes and sizes and huge severity of uh, sorry, a huge variation of severity. So it's one of those things that very often people kind of miss initially because the changes are very subtle and unless you are looking for them, you may miss them. Yeah, that's really good to know. And God, I'm thinking of the poor devil who had the arthritis in his neck, not yeah. being able to eat. My goodness. And, you know, that's that's, you know, I suppose when a pet uh, goes off food, that's a sure sign that it that something is wrong. So yeah. would this be common? Would you see an awful lot of dogs coming in with this with arthritis? Yes, yeah, so we have kind of a huge amount of studies published about canine arthritis and, you know, the prevalence, which is like the, the amount of pets that seem to have it, is quite varied depending on what study you look at. But the kind of overwhelming majority agree that it's somewhere between 20 and 40% of dogs greater than one year of age. 
And then when you look at just the senior cohort, you're kind of talking 80% of dogs. Um, now, the senior would be anything over the age of seven okay. would fall into that category. So it is something we see quite often, but very often it's actually not a case that the pet is presented for that problem. They might come in for their vaccines and as I'm speaking to their owners, it will become obvious maybe that there have been changes in the pet's mobility over the last 12 months and then we address it. So quite often they're not actually presented for that problem itself and it's something that we pick up um, by speaking to the owners. Okay, so very common, as you mentioned there. So would it be then more common in the older dogs? Like, you know, is this what you're seeing, say, in dogs, as you say, that are a certain age or could it possibly happen in a younger dog as well? So it is more common in older dogs and very often we'll get, um, see it in dogs that are kind of that seven year plus gap. But we we also do see it in the young dogs and that can be for a variety of reasons. So with the old dogs, it tends to be wear and tear and just life taking toll on your yeah. limbs. But with the younger dogs, there can be things that are problematic, such as their conformation. So they may have just been born with joints that are not perfect. And over time, which doesn't have to be a long amount of time, but because the joint doesn't move completely perfectly, it can wear abnormally and that can cause arthritis. We also have to look at things like injury. So dogs aren't that different from ourselves in that, um, you know, playing ball or going for a run or whatever, they can injure their joints. And, you know, they can damage ligaments and things that then will eventually lead to changes in the joint that causes arthritis. Um, and then the third one, which is kind of the leading cause of arthritis um, from our end, is obesity. In oh, pets. God, right, OK. Um, so the joints aren't created to be holding the weight that a lot of pets are having to carry. And, you know, we're seeing pets that could be 10, 15, 20 kilos overweight. Like, they're not benign numbers. And because of that, then we're seeing arthritis, which isn't a condition we can fix. It's not something we can undo. And, um, you know, it's it's a shame to see it happening in young dogs that could potentially be avoided um, if they were just a little bit trimmer. Yeah, so you're, there's a lot of points that I want to pick up on there in that one. So in terms of, say, the, the obesity, um, you know, are, is there anything that owners can be doing to prevent this from happening? So that t- ties into, you know, the proper diet and giving them the right amount of food is be the one, the first thing I'd imagine. Yes, so it is. Um, one of the first things you can do as an owner is just to, to learn, OK, what should I look out for? What are the signs that my pet is obese? And as people, we like to have kind of a number in our mind. You know, we, you know, you kind of say, well, what, what's your goal weight? Kind of thing. But <laughs> yeah. in dogs, just like in humans, we're all built differently and they're all built differently. So I can't say to you, oh, you know, a Bichon freeze should be eight kilos because it depends on their build. That could be very skinny for a bigger Bichon or it could be very fat for a little one. Okay. So every dog is different. So having a goal number isn't actually that helpful. What's fine what I find to be most helpful is actually getting your hands on your pet and you should be able to feel their ribs. You should be able to feel their spine and with a little bit of pressure, you should be able to actually feel their pelvis. You shouldn't have to dig under layers of fat okay. <laughs> to find them. And, and, and is that just for dogs or can because I'm a cat owner myself, would that yeah, work for the cat too? It does work for the cat. It's a little bit different in a cat because they actually tend to carry their weight right in their 
kind of undercarriage okay. as they get older. So you sometimes notice cats, they seem to be getting lower to the ground because their belly gets closer. <laughs> yeah. And um, as they age, that's normal as well. But um, generally, if a cat is outdoor and moving quite a lot, yes, they don't tend would. to be overweight. Oh, okay, that's um, good it's more for the house cats. Um, but in terms of kind of, there are things you can look up. There are a lot of guides on like the food websites on what's the normal appearance of a dog that's of good body condition score. And there are usually guidelines on on the dog food bags that tell you, mm-hmm. okay, you know, if you have a, a dog that should be 20 kilos, this is how much food they should get throughout the day. And a big, big thing is to cut out the treats. Yeah. Because like us, it's the snacking. Mm. <laughs> um, it's quite troublesome. So um, the treats, they actually result in a lot more calories than you'd think because they're not the same as us. They need a lot fewer calories than us. So what might be tiny for us could actually be quite significant for them. Okay, that's really good to know. And in terms of, you know, repercussions for dogs if they're left untreated, you know, with arthritis, what what repercussions are there? So there's a good few. In, um, it can, the, the biggest one is that it can actually dramatically affect the relationship between the pet and the owner. Okay. And it can be a case that if there's behavioural changes particularly, that's really problematic if the pet starts to bite or something. But even just the fact that you're, the owner is watching their pet struggling, they're you know, not able to get across the room as easily, they're not getting out of bed, they're no longer kind of the member of the family that they used to be, they become withdrawn and hide out. And it's a real shame to see it. Um, but then you also have the effect of that on the pet. So, you know, your pet is in chronic pain and there's no kind of sugar coating arthritis. Any human that suffers from it knows how awful it is in that it is chronic pain. And to ignore it and just say, oh, they're old is mm. brushing a problem under the rug because, yeah, we all, we, we're all going to age. But the thing is, you wouldn't deny yourself the privilege of a painkiller if you were yes. painful. So it's the same thing for dogs. And there's loads of options and there's loads of things we can do in the home environment that will actually make them cope with their the changes in their joints a little bit easier. Yeah, because my next question was what treatment is available then? Is it a case that they need to go to yourselves first to get the diagnosis and then are they put on medication or how does it work? So there are different medications available. So there's things that are available, say, without prescription, like um, joint supplements, you know, like we would take glucosamine or something like that. So there are supplements that you can get without a prescription. And even if you just want to go into a vet, they could advise on that. You don't have to take your dog or whatever, but even if you call the vet, one of us, you know, we could advise on that. And then there are also prescription medications. So there are things like traditional painkillers, and then there's more advanced kind of modern drugs that attack the the nerve growth factor in the joint. And that can help to moderate the pain signals that the dog is feeling. So there are different things that we can do, like let's say drug wise. Mm-hmm. But then there's also changes we can make to their lifestyle, such as um, eliminating the need for them to go up and down steps and maybe creating a path through the, you know, from let's say if they're allowed in the house a path from the door to their bed with a mat so that they're not on tiles because they really struggle with tiles, wood floors, lino. They tend to slip, their legs kind of slip outward and that can be really sore on their joints. So there, there are changes we can make that can help. That's really interesting. I would have forgotten all right about the lino and the different flooring. Absolutely, that's going to have an yeah. effect on them. Um, so in terms of uh, more information, where can people get more in, in advice and information? Is it calling you guys the best way? 
calling us is usually the best way. We're also launching our website this week. So we will have blog posts and information posts up there as well with an abundance of, of information. But it'll be, you know, another couple of weeks before we have a huge amount available there. But if people keep an eye out, we will have stuff coming. But we're always available to chat. Even if they want to email us, our contact details are all available online. And we will do our best to help um, because we certainly don't want your pet to be uncomfortable. Sarah, thank you so much for all of that fantastic expert advice. Thanks a million for joining us on the show. No problem. Thank you for having me, Sinead. If you want to get in touch with them, 0469022487 is the best number for them. Or you can check out the website highfield.ie. And we'll be returning to the vets and their pets next week on the show. Now, on the way, I'm going to be reading out some of your messages for our High Street Ashburn competition. 11 to 1 on LMFM. LMFM. 